Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome, Radio Islam family, to another edition of Radio Islam. And if you are listening, you are listening to us live on WCEV 1450 AM. And if you are listening to our live stream, we are streaming live to you directly at www.wcev1450.com. And we thank you so much for joining us on this Monday. Well, before I get into all of the normal things that I would throw at you, our social media blitzes and and those types of things, we want to take a moment and lift up our brothers and sisters in Somalia in prayer. As many of you have heard, uh, more than 300 people were killed uh, this past weekend in a bombing, a truck bombing in Mogadishu in Somalia. Uh, The death toll is expected to rise as there are a number of people who are missing. Uh, It's extremely important that we be mindful, uh, that we're always mindful that there are people who are enduring difficulties, atrocities that really make the things that we complain about seem very trivial. So we pray for the well-being. We pray for the peace of those who have survived this this attack on humanity. And it is with that I refer us to the Muslim holy book, the Quran, where we are told that we decreed upon the children of Israel that whoever kills a soul, unless for a soul or for corruption in the land, It is is as if he has slain mankind entirely, and whoever saves one, it is as if he has saved mankind entirely. The loss of one life, it it is not trivial. It is not of no account. Uh, It is a it is a serious, it is a it is a sacred transgression. And to lose three hundred people and to expect to count the losses much higher this is a this is a this is a heavy heavy burden for the hearts of those who witnesses witness it and certainly for those who are enduring it so radio slam family let us keep those uh let us keep those brothers and sisters in our prayers with that i ask you if you are on social media if you're on twitter instagram Take a moment and follow us. We have the same username on both platforms, and that's at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. You can go to our Facebook page if you're listening, if you're streaming, and you'd like to inject a question, a comment, and you can do that at Radio Islam USA as well. We have the same, same, uh, same username. So make sure to like the page. It's a great way for us to communicate with you, to get news out, and for you to share things that you feel are worthy for the rest of the Radio Islam family to uh, partake of. So that being said, our phone number is 312-758-1170. That's 312-758-1170. And tonight we have the, the privilege and the honor of having with us not simply just an elected official, but someone who has demonstrated 
a commitment to service. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with the prophetic tradition, the sayings of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, peace and prayers be upon him. He says that the best of you is the one who is the most useful. So there is a there's a mandate, there is a there's a promotion of the idea of being of service, of, of fulfilling the needs that exist uh, in our communities. So I'm really pleased. I'm uh, I'm honored to have Inyota Figs, who is the city clerk of Calumet City and commissioner and president of Calumet Memorial Park District. She is the first African-American commissioner elected to the Park District and serves as the first elected woman and African-American president. Inyota is committed to provide improving the office by making it the most technologically savvy while providing exceptional customer service. Now, as another service to the community, while she serves as a commissioner, which is a non-paid elected position, I'm going to say that again for you, which is a non-paid elected position, she has improved programming, increased resident participation, and enhanced communication between residents and the park district. So I'm going to just jump on down. I'm going to also share this with you. Uh, Inyota is also the founder and president, established the FIGS Foundation, uh, a 501c3, to serve the community issues. As a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Incorporated, the National Association of University of Women, and a graduate of the Illinois Women Institute. She also had the honor of being a Chicago Defender Woman of Excellence 2012, and she is currently an Edgar's Fellow Class of 2016 nominee. We thank you so much for taking the time to join us in studio. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Well, it is it is all ours. So I mentioned I mentioned that uh, I had to repeat that non-elected paid position uh, as well because um, I think it's important. I want to just I want to highlight the idea of of service. Um, and there's nothing, you know, there's nothing that says that more than accepting an elected position uh, to carry out duties and not be paid for those duties. Absolutely. <laughs> you are right about that. <laughs> but if we, if we could, um, could you tell us, first off, I want to say this. I have three, I have three daughters, four sisters. Um, and I think for me, seeing you doing, uh, doing what you're doing and the way you're going about it, it's something that I, I feel is, is, is really uh, inspirational. And um, I see you not, not just as a leader for our, our young women uh, or women in general or, or Muslims, but I see you as a, I see you simply as an a example of leadership. Uh, but speaking specifically to the demographic of, of young women, of, of having a voice, being a part of, um, uh, of government making decisions. Is that something that, that you are cognizant of, you know, as you go about your, your daily grind? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Every decision you make is for each resident in their home in Calumet City. Um, being on the park board, um, like you said, which is non-elected um, position. We have 
uh, two board meetings a month. And um, during that time, we not only meet about the budget, about programs, about um, safety, but we also have to talk about our residents in the community. Um, We have a lot of programs that service uh, the area where some individuals can't can't make it to the city. Um, a lot of parents may not be able to afford child care or may not be able to afford um, African dance class or any other type of dance class for their kids. And we make sure that anyone who is interested in any of our programs are able to attend, even if that means that we sponsor it as a board or we individually sponsor it or we go and ask for money. So every decision is very important and relates to our residents. Mm. Well, you know, let me let me rewind a little bit. Can you tell our uh, our listeners a little bit what what has been your path into public service? Um, so I started out um, initially when I graduated college. I started out working for a welfare to work program. Um, I worked for Family Rescue, which was a domestic violence agency on the south side of Chicago off of Commercial. And um, I, had the, I had the opportunity to work with uh, victims of domestic violence. And I saw how um, families were impacted by domestic violence, and um, I was able to assist and, and, and work with them. From there... I I went to Catholic Charities. Um, I worked with um, kids from the court system, kids that were taken from their families. Again, um, another platform where uh, families needed help and needed service. And from there, I went to be a probation officer at Cook County for several years. And uh, I worked in the intensive drug probation unit, the sex offender unit, um, I made sure I worked with uh, with the women offenders. I was able to become a trainer. I was able to um, participate in certifications to assist offenders in becoming reacclimated back to society after being released. So service was really, really big in, in my job and everything that I did in my life. You know, being a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, Incorporated, mm-hmm. that, that is huge in, in service. So uh, my parents raised me that way. They raised me and grounded, to be grounded and to help people. And my dad would say, um, charity is as simple as a smile. And that's the slogan for for my foundation, that charity is as simple as the smile. So you can give back in the simplest way of just smiling. And so uh, that is the way that I was um, brought up, and that's the way that I continue to live my life. So let me ask about the foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was what was the beginnings of the foundation? How did that come into, into being? So... As I was growing up, I realized that where I attended school did not I did not see there were there were not mentorship programs. There were not programs for young black African American females. There were not programs to um, to teach us how to to matriculate through society. We just didn't have that. I didn't see many Greeks during that time. Um, 
the programs that I participated in as an adult, I did not see in my area specifically. And although I was a member of all these great organizations, I know that where I came from, um, there was not many. And so I wanted to start that in my area, in the area where I came from, in the area where I felt that it was need. It's needed everywhere, but specifically where I was from. And that was the Algale Garden community. And um, um, I started the foundation wanting to provide mentorship to young ladies, to teach them how to network, to teach them how to uh, to, to introduce them to mentors if they wanted to be a nurse, to introduce them to nurses, people of different occupations. And so that is why I initially started the foundation on my own because I wanted to provide that platform. At that time, I felt that I knew enough individuals to be able to do that and that I was able to encourage people to participate. And so um, I stepped out and I started my own foundation. And you, you did this with no sponsorship no sponsorship. With nobody underwriting what you're doing. No, and the money in my pocket, and it took uh, quite some time. It's a very, very, very tedious um, plan. Mm-hmm. It's very tedious, and I did. Um, I made sure I was incorporated, um, and I, I I started off on my own. I I called a few people, and I had some board members, and they was like, "Sure, we'll sit on the board, but you know, the grunt <laughs> of the work still come from you." Right. And um, I still even found myself spending a lot of my own money, a lot of my own pocket money um, during that time. But at least I was able to give someone the option of writing it off on their taxes if they did give me a donation. It made it a little bit more appealing and and not to pay taxes on certain things when I was purchasing it for the foundation. So I thought that it was important um, for that and to be recognized, and I, I just knew one day that um, I, I want my foundation to be here when I'm long gone, to do what it is that I envisioned it to do from the beginning. God willing, God mm-hmm. willing. So what, is, what are some of the major differences that you've seen uh, as an elected official versus running your own foundation, um, both providing services, mm-hmm. but what are... Are there, are there similarities, and what are, what are some of the, the major differences? Wow. So being an elected official, I, um, I learned that true ta- change takes place at the table. That's just the bottom line, and that people actually have the power of who sits at the table, and we necessarily don't use that power, and that power comes with voting. Right. And... Um, Someone who is working in their foundation for their for their mission or their passion, whatever it is, if, if it's cancer, if it's Alzheimer's, you know, if you see that need, you go with that foundation, that work. Um, but when it comes to government and being an elected official, you have to legislate for everybody. Right. Legislation is for everybody, every different race, sex, creed, color, everything. And... Um, Th- that is the the biggest difference, and then you get to choose who 
sit at that table if you choose to participate in, in the voting process. And I, I think that's the biggest difference. And I think that um, that's something that people should probably get involved in. We need to get involved in more, as you can see, the political climate today, um, that people need to make sure that they vote. And, and that really dictates the lifestyle, the quality of life that you can live. Right. You know, uh, a foundation may, you may say, I need to focus on this specifically, but uh, government is your lifestyle. Government is um, going home and, and co going to work every day. It's the roads you drive on. It's the lights outside your home. It's the water that runs through your faucet. It is everything. Government is your lifestyle. So tell, tell the Radio Slam family a little bit about Calumet City, some of the things that make it. Uh, unique, some of its uh, its its constitution, you know where mm -hmm. it's at. Uh, for mm -hmm. folks who may not, because uh, we do have listeners who who are downloading podcasts from uh, <laughs> from as far away as uh, as, as South Africa and, and Belgium. Oh wow! Uh, but I know our immediate our, our tower it, it circles around. We got folks who can uh, who are picking us up in uh, like in in border some of the Southland okay. uh, and up north as well. Okay. Uh, Calumet City is a south suburb uh, that borders Indiana. Uh, it was incorporated in 1892. And uh, right now, Calumet City is 75% African American, mm. um, probably 10 to 15% Hispanic population, Latino population, and um, the rest would be white or other. Uh, it is very unique in that. It is the heartbeat of the Southland. Uh, Calumet City has the economic, how should I say, um, economic power of the Southland. Everything kind of focuses and is built around Calumet City. We are a home-ruled, um, home-ruled city and around about 40,000 people. Wow. Now, I, I actually, I drive by, well, right past it on the Bishop Ford. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know that the population was that big. Yes, around about 40,000 people. Okay. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. So how long have you been in, uh, in the position of clerk? So approximately uh, six years. Uh, the previous clerk passed away. Um, I was appointed to her position and finished her term, which was about a year and a half. Uh, I ran for that position. I won, and uh, I completed that term. And we just had a, a, an election in 2017 in April where I was successful again. So I have another four years in the seat of city clerk. Okay. And what are some of the what are some of the things that you are within your six years that you are most uh, that you are most proud of as far as the service that you've been able to give to the residents of Cal Calumet City? Oh, I believe in providing exceptional service. So that's my motto, providing exceptional service. I believe that people have to invest in their community and they have to respect their community. And I don't want to be the average government agency where you walk in and you're not getting serviced and there's long lines. And I feel that we have to care about our community and we are a reflection of the service that we get out, give out.
right. the individuals that we want to live in our town, to thrive in our town. I believe uh, service is huge. Uh, education. Education would be next. Educating people about their government. So many people um, live in bedroom communities. They don't necessarily interact with their local government and don't know a lot of things that they could benefit from. And so I run into people all the time and they're not aware that, you know, we're home rule. You know, they, there's a difference between a village and a city, and that's the, the huge difference is that, you know, a city is home ruled, a, a village is, is governed by the state. Right. Um, educating people on, on voting, the elections, educating them, because I'm the collector of the city, so I collect all the funds for the city, educating them and making them aware of their city stickers so they won't receive fines and fees of water uh, uh, you pay the water bill in my department and individuals not really understanding um, their water bill uh, pet licensing I, we conduct all the pet licensing providing programs and different things for individuals to be able to get what they need right in their community that's what I try to pride myself on making sure that you don't have to go to another community to early vote making sure you don't have to go to another com, um, community to receive vaccinations for your pet, you know, um, to understand um, um, recycling. You know, a lot of people did not understand that. Your water bills, your bills, how your government actually works, understanding that actually purchasing gas in your community, uh, it, you receive a portion of those funds back from the government. Really? Yeah, so it's called the motor fuel tax, and so it's their MFT funds. And when people go to other communities and they purchase gas, they are actually um, investing in another community. So you have to know how to invest in your community. And being able to educate residents on that, because we're so close to Indiana, you know, a lot of people run right over the border to get their gas because it's a few cents cheaper. Right. Well, what they need to understand is that that money is collected at the end of the year, and the owners of the gas station have to pay a portion of the tax to the government. And the government turns around, and then they say, okay, Calumet City, here is a portion of these funds back. Here's a percentage of it. And those funds can only be used for your streets. And so sometimes when you live in a community that have bad streets or lighting, that's the issue. And so um, I think it's important for me to educate people on their government and how they need to invest in their community because it's as simple as the streets driving down the street. You know, it's as simple as your street lights that come on when, when it gets dark. I mean, all of this, when your government is spending your money, and that's so important for them to know. And I think I pride myself on, on mostly on educating the residents of Calumet City and educating them and providing a service. Okay. Radio Slime family, if you are just tuning in, we have with us Miss Inyota Figs, who is the clerk of the city of Calumet, or Calumet City, it is more... Um, commonly known, or that's its official name, Calumet City, uh, as well as the president of the Calumet Memorial Park District. So if you'd like to give us a call, that's 
312-758-1170. That's 312-758-1170. So let me ask this. Are there moments where, or are there opportunities for you to collaborate with, uh, with the other agencies of government, uh, say like the uh, Cook County um, um, or uh, the yeah, state absolutely. itself? Or, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, that is very important, developing relationships with other government entities. Uh, it puts you on the map with that government entity, whether it's the state, whether it's the county, or metropolitan water wreck, something as simple as that. Um, and it will, I was able to, building relationships with MWRD, which is the Metropolitan Water Rec, when we had to raise, uh, when the city council raised water fees uh, for the residents, and they were very concerned about being able to pay they, their bill, um, I was able to go to MWRD and say, hey, help me out with this, and they gave me 200 free rain barrels, and I was able to give to residents who may garden, you know, um, rain barrels so they can conserve for their bill. And that's why those relationships are important. Um, Cook County... Uh, I do a pet clinic every year. I conduct a pet program where they, uh, where my residents are able to come right out in their backyard and have their uh, pets fascinated for seven dollars, and you know wow. that typically costs two hundred dollars plus, you know, a year for a pet. And for some people, a pet is part of their family. Yeah, yes, it and is. in Calumet City, they don't play about their pets. <laughs> and so, you know, to be able to provide that microchipping. So if a puppy gets is loose out running down the street, we know where we can return that dog to. And so partnering with um, different government entities, um, it, it makes it easier. It makes um, life better. And it provides more services to your residents. It provides service. Does the clerk's office have any have any dealings in terms of when, if uh, a resident, um, if a resident passes away, and uh, as far as dealing with, you know, death certificates. Yeah, death certificates and things. Of that so nature. that that pretty much just lies with Cook County. Um, you have different clerks for Cook County. You have David Orr that's over the elections, and you have Karen Yarbrough who is the recorder of deeds, and then you have Dorothy Brown, um, um, and they are clerks for Cook County. And because Calumet City sits within Cook County. Um, you kind of get those things from Cook County. However, we could possibly provide a service where people could come and do that. But we're so close to Markham mm-hmm. Courthouse where individuals can just take a drive right over there and, and, and be serviced by Cook County clerks. Okay. So. Uh, there was something else you mentioned um, off, off air, and that was an educational piece, mm-hmm. uh, a, a service provided in terms of... Um, of how to deal with uh, if your spouse passes, mm-hmm. and uh, do, you, do you recall what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, so the, that's the property after death yes, program. Yes, yes. Yeah, so um, I have the pleasure of partnering with uh, uh, Cook County Clerk uh, Karen Yarbrough's office, and um, I learned, and I was I was blown away by the information. It's a property after death. Uh, Program and um, the office will actually come out and educate residents on how to file paperwork in in the in the clerk's office at the county 
um, after a spouse dies, after a parent dies, how to put a property in a trust, uh, how to be a beneficiary uh, on bank accounts, information that we typically play attorneys um, a bunch of money for. Right. You know, I remember paying $1,200 for a trust, and it is as simple as a $50 form that you file in the office. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. It's a fifty dollar form, and and the, and that's why those partnerships are important that you were saying because I was able to educate and and I mean people want the education too. So my residents came out and they love it and they asked me for it. So we we're actually having one on the twentieth, um, in conjunction with a vet a veterans um, event where they provide discount cards for vets. And wow. and 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 typically, people in the Southland would not be aware of these different um, opportunities and perks that they can have uh, because we just may not be paying attention. And so, I am honored to be able to provide a platform for my residents to be able to take part in it and learn and 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 be educated from other government entities. So, whoever I can partner with or whatever information it is or whatever situation I am I'm trying to do that for my residents now Radio Islam family you you can't see but I'm going to tell you uh, Miss Figs has on her Calumet City clerk sweatshirt with her name on it um, do you get out in the field are you out in the community uh, there you know is this a regular is this a regular occurrence for you Yes, so I have field days where I um, knock on resident doors and I just alert them that I'm there. I speak, hi, how are you? I'm in Yota Figs. I'm your city clerk. Uh, my, office is, my office provides these services. Um, if they're not there, I leave a door knocker there, and the door knocker explains the information that they need. Um, the majority of the time, I always have voters' registration cards. I'm really big on uh, making sure that you are registered to vote uh, because we have a, a changing community. Um, I want to make sure that when I encounter someone that I give them an opportunity to register right then. A lot of people, our hours are Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. That's the typical time where individuals work. And so I want to be able to provide them with the opportunity to register to vote, and it's not a strain on their schedule. Um, We do have an election coming up. Uh, the governor's race that's coming up. And so that's when I kick up my voter's registration drive Mm -hmm. to make sure that I try to get as many individuals out to vote in the elections because um, elected officers, they they look at that. So I want us to be on the map to the point where people say, well, they're important. These, these, these individuals vote. These residents are, they care about what's happening and um, we need to pay attention to them. And so I want to make sure that that happens. So I make, I am out in the field at least, uh, let's say before it's cold, I'm out once a week. Mm-hmm. I try to make it once a week unless there's something in the office that takes me away. But other than um, when it's cold, it's a little bit less. Right. <laughs> a little bit less when it's snow outside, but we we will still go out and and do simple things. Sometimes it's just as simple as reverse trick or treating, you know. And so during um, 
Halloween or Halloween Day, uh, we'll get candy and put our name on the back of it and go out and give out candy to individuals in the community. Oh, wow. And, and that's just an opportunity to be able to say, hi, I'm here, uh, and this is what we do. And people typically have questions. Mm-hmm. They have issues. They have problems. You always carry your pad with you with your pen, and you can jot it down and, and be able to service them because they have issues that they didn't have time to call because they were at work, they were busy, or have not interacted with you as the clerk or the alderman or, or the mayor, and it gives you an opportunity to do that. So being out in the field is very important to be able to have that interaction with residents. Okay. All right, Radio Slam family, if you have just tuned in, we are talking with Ms. Inyota Figs, who is the clerk of Calumet City, as well as the president of the Calumet Memorial Park District. You are listening to Radio Islam. Our number is 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. And we're going to break for just a quick, a few minutes, and we will be right back. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, Turtle, he's not here yet, man. Uh, He's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. I knew I was stuck at this kid's house for the night, but those guys snuck up on me to try and pull the hand in a bowl of warm water trick. Well, that was enough for me. I went downstairs to sleep in the basement, even though it was pitch black. I left my sleeping bag upstairs, and that was a mistake, because it was freezing. I think it was probably the longest night of my life. To read more about the sleepover, check out Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Last Straw, by Jeff Kenny. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library, and visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. On November 12th, Radio Islam will be hosting a benefit dinner held at Ashton Place in Willowbrook, Illinois. Our keynote speaker is Professor John Esposito, a long-standing ally of the Muslim community. We'll also feature an exhibit by the late Jack Shaheen. Tickets are on sale now at eventbrite.com. Radio Islam is the first live daily radio show by Muslims. People are always talking about Muslims. It's time we talk back. Welcome back. Welcome back, Radio Islam family. This is Tariq el your host of Radio Islam. You are listening to WCEV 1450 AM. And if you are streaming, you are streaming on www.wcev1450.com. Make sure that you have liked our Facebook page, family. We know you're listening. We know you're on social media. We know you're out there browsing. So take a second, stop, like our page. And if you are listening and you'd like to give us a comment, make a suggestion, rate us, go ahead and do so right on our Facebook page. That's Radio Islam. Uh, Today's show, just a quick reminder for you. Because we tend to get into our conversations and we are rushing off the air. Um, today's show will be on SoundCloud tomorrow around noon. Okay? And on SoundCloud, you can find us at Radio Islam USA. 
Radio Islam USA on SoundCloud. So check us out there. Uh, don't forget to like us on or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Islam USA on both of those platforms at Radio Islam USA. So we have in studio with us Miss Inyota Figs, who is the clerk of Calumet City, as well as the president of the Calumet Memorial Park District. So we are having uh, just a really enlightening conversation. I am learning quite a bit because I was not aware uh, that I'm, I am sure many of you who are listening that the clerk had so, so many things to do. So uh, let me ask you this. What is the actual job description for the clerk? So there is no set job description for the clerk, but typically all clerks are the keeper of the records. And so that would be similar to a historian. Hmm. So everything that happens in the city that needs to be recorded is recorded through the clerk. So all meetings, all minutes, all agendas. And that's governed by state statute. Um, then you... Some most clerks are governed by because we're home rule in Calumet City. Other things come with that job description, and so some clerks are just the keeper of the record. I happen to be also the collector of the city, and so I also collect all the funds of the city, all fines and fees, um, adjudication. So I have a court um, every Wednesday for uh, whether it's housing, juvenile, parking, traffic. We have one of those a week for the entire month. We have, uh, I collect the water bills. Any, any monies that come into the city uh, goes through the clerk's office as the collector. So that's the keeper of the record as the collector. It's also the communication base. So I would be, the clerk's office is always the nucleus of the city. When someone wants to know something, they call the clerk's office. Um, they do not call the treasurer's office. They don't call the mayor's office. They do not call. They have to call the clerk to find out who their alderman is for their area, who the trustees are for other areas. And so we do a lot. And it's never just one simple job description. It can be tailored to the community in which you live in. Mm. So. so are the res so when you get out and you are, you know, talking to residents, are they surprised at the amount of information that you're giving them? Are they surprised mm -hmm. that this is coming from the clerk? Um, absolutely. They a lot of people um they really sit in the dark and don't want to ask the questions, which is why it's important to get in the field. And when you're in the field, um it literally can take me three hours to get through a block. Wow. Because what will happen is um, my time will be consumed with one individual that's asking questions that they've always wanted to know. And we will engage in conversations. So um, even though I walk, I don't cover much ground because um, if, if I knock on the door and someone's there, uh, they they have a lot of questions. Um, some of them just, even if it's just they want something fixed, they don't understand something or something needs to be explained. Sometimes they think we're responsible for things that we're not responsible for. Or um, they believe someone else is not and we are. And so it's, it's really important um, 
uh, for me, like I said, to get out there and give that information to them, and they are they are uh, fascinated by the things that they don't know and that we're able to give them information for. So you said that the um, Calumet City is approximately 75% African-American right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is, a, I guess, a, a changing uh, demographic um, yes. over the past, what would you say, maybe 15 years yeah. or so? 15 years. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and with that change, is, is there are there certain elements of education that you focus on with some of the newer residents that, uh, you know, folks who may who may have come from because I mentioned this because I you know we know as uh, as residents public housing was torn down um, you know all down State Street whether it be you know from mm -hmm. Taylor and Ickes or whatever um, that now a lot of those uh, a lot of that population has moved uh, south mm -hmm. and uh, as they as they have become situated are there certain things that you have noticed that you have to pay more attention to in your, you know, as you educate? Yes, and, and one in particular would be the water bill. Um, some individuals who may have lived in public housing uh, may not have experienced paying a water bill and um, are somewhat confused. You know, water is something that we take for granted. And right. so it's just like a water bill. Are you serious? And is it can be quite expensive. Right. Teaching them how to monitor their bill, how to keep their their bill um, affordable, um, and even just teaching them that they have to pay the bill sometimes is can can be um, an issue. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, Water conservation is really important, especially now in this day and age. And um, like I said, even just to make the bill affordable. Right. So teaching individuals not to run their water while they're brushing their teeth or not to let the water run while they're washing dishes or um, to use a rain barrel, you know, uh, for the things outside or to wash your car. Um to 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 understand how much water is actually in one flush of the toilet, not to take a bug and put it in in, in the toilet, but to put it in the trash, as not to waste, you know, seven to ten gallons of water. And so those wow. things, right? Those things are the things that some individual may not be aware of mm -hmm. that can help um, impact their will and their bill, and to assist them with conserving water and make them conscious of uh, of just being um, in tune with what it is that we may be lacking. Right. It's, it's, it's just really important to educate them on that. And so that was one of the, that was the biggest thing for me to have to educate individuals on. Let me shift over. We uh, I've mentioned it, but I haven't really asked you much about the other hat that you wear as the president of the Park District. Um, what are some of the what are some of the, the the activities or the responsibilities that you have uh, in that position? So there are five commissioners, uh, all elected. They are staggered years. They are st six year terms, as I said. No compensation, no stipend, and uh, amongst ourselves, we elect a representative. We elect a president and a vice president. I am honored that 
my board saw fit for me to um, serve in the capacity as the president. Um, I would say specifically for that is more of the representation for the Park District, the voice of the Park District, the individual that have to be available when things happen in the middle of the night. Right. <laughs> uh, you are the person that gets the phone call, um, um, the person that will need to, uh, because I am, I see it to be very important to build relationships, that person that will go and advocate on behalf of the park district to get funds, whether it's grants, park grants, or or, or anything that may be available, uh, the representative for the district in that time, and the voice for the people, and also the person that that um, takes the um, the negative <laughs> the negative feedback, um, the representative for that too. So um, that. Primarily, uh, besides the financial duties, are the duties for the president within himself. But we all still have the same. I mean, every vote is weighed the same, but it's just more of a representative of the board. Okay. Now, I know uh, earlier uh, one of the, the team members here asked, uh, and do you get this a lot? Uh, there's a show called Parks and Rec with Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, do you have people when they find out that you are, you know, that you're with the Park District, they, that they uh, assume that it's like it is on television? And is it? <laughs> <laughs> it, it pretty much is. I, I'm not able to watch a lot of television, uh, but I have seen some of it. It's quite hilarious. And, yes, it is. Parks and Rex is just like the Park District. Um, you get the same funny, quirky type individuals and situations that happen so it is it is hilarious it is um it is fun and and i love both of my um jobs both of my positions but the park district has a a, an extra spice to it because um it's really really family oriented and you have the opportunity to engage with the kids and the family on a different level on fun stuff Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that the Parks and Rec, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. So, what have you, what have you enjoyed most, uh, or found most value in, uh, in either position, uh, in, the, in the time that you've been doing it? Wow. I, I one of the things that I would say is one of the things that keep me in line and focused is probably. Um, the way my community views me. Um, When I go into the local grammar school or high school to experience and engage and interact with young females Mm -hmm. or males that are in awe about the position that I may hold and um, they're excited and uh, the fact that they feel that they can talk to me or, oh, my God, you have an office at City Hall, and, oh, my God, you do this, and, right. you know, um, oh, you're a regular person, you mm-hmm. know, different things like that, or even just the role model that I have to play um, in the community. I think that's the thing that keeps me in line most, and as probably what I enjoy because I think that is my pay for what I do. Right. Okay. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked uh, Cook County State's Attorney, uh, Kimberly Fox. Uh, 
And that is, with all the work that you do, as uh, passionate as you are about providing uh, an extremely high level of service and educating your residents, where do you find your balance? Mm. It's very, very important to keep time for yourself. And sometimes um, I know I definitely can run away. Well, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. But you have to make sure that you keep time for yourself. So with that being said, I make sure every morning it is prayer. It is meditation. And then whatever your favorite rap song is to pump you up to get out there and do the job. <laughs> uh, In this case, this at this time for me, it's Bodak Yellow. I know I'm just saying. Okay. But um, um, it, the prayer is, you know, uh, the request, uh, the the meditation is sitting in the request and being prepared to be able to receive. Because I think if we pray for what it is that... Um, God wants us to do as opposed to what it is that we want to do and you have to be quiet enough to be able to receive that plan to receive that message to be able to have the insight to uh, deal with some of the things you have to deal with in politics on a daily basis and even some of the things you need to see um, that you see during Christmas time uh, we have we sponsor families and on Christmas Day we drop off whether toys, food, and I'm shocked every year about how some residents in my community are actually living and how they are going without. And so um, you have to be well grounded in that. So you have to make sure you take time out for yourself and you have to make sure that you keep a spiritual balance that's, um, that keeps you grounded for every aspect, every category of dealing with this type of lifestyle. Mm. Our life of service is not one to be taken uh, taken lightly. No, not at all. Well, let me ask you this, because we are getting towards our, our wind down. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any upcoming events uh, that uh, Calumet City is, is going to be having that, you're, you know, that your office is going to be uh, affiliated with? Yes. So, like I mentioned earlier, the property after death will most likely be on November 20th. Um, That will take place most likely probably at City Hall, but the location is to be announced. It will be in Calumet City um, in conjunction with the veterans um, card um, that's going to take place in conjunction with Karen Yarbrough's office. In December, there will be a um, hardest hit program, and this program would be is a program to assist residents on with their mortgage. So I believe uh, some of it is if you one aspect is if you have lost your been laid off or lost a job. Um, another is to help you to apply to lower your interest on your mortgage. And then there's another one as it relates to your principal. And so there's an agency that's coming out that will assist residents and give them information on that. And there's always things that come up that I try to do. And so and uh, during the, the holiday season, it slows down a little bit. We do a lot of... Uh, Christmas dinners and holiday dinners, but those are the two upcoming programs for the park, for the park district, and for the city. 
and that's pretty much it until the new year. Okay. Final question. Mm-hmm. How can folks keep up with you or contact you? Well, you can always call the clerk's office at 708-891-8116. I do have a Calumet City Clerks page. Uh, You can like that page um, or call me at the office. I'm pretty much available. My cell phone is on all times. And so if you call and leave a message, I will get back with you. Okay. Well, I'll say this much. I think that uh, Calumet City is obviously a city that is on the rise. Um, Yes. And I think that uh, your leadership is a is a reflection of that. Uh, so we Thank pray you. for your continued uh, success uh, because your success is the people's success. Uh, success. Right. Thank you. So Thank Radio Slime family, we have we have been uh, honored to have Miss Inyota Figs, who is the clerk of Calumet City as well as the president of the Calumet Memorial Park District, in studio with us tonight. Uh, we thank you as always for taking this time to spend with us. Uh, Hope that if you were listening during drive time, that your drive was was easy, it wasn't too stressful. And if it was rough, hopefully this conversation made it a little bit easier for you. So we look forward to joining you again tomorrow evening. Our engineer for the evening at WCEV has been Ramon. Thank you so much, Ramon, for doing what you do over there for us. Our engineer in studio and on the board is always the impressive Ibrahim Baig. Uh, I am your host and producer, Tariq Alamine. Uh, executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. Uh, and, oh, should be noted that the views expressed of the host and guests are theirs and not to be taken as the views of Sound Vision, Inc. So we look forward to getting back with you again tomorrow. Evening Redders, Radio Slam family. Pray that you have a great evening. Keep the brothers and sisters in Somalia in your prayers and all those who are afflicted with distress. May may God bring them uh, mercy and relief. So I leave you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.